Well, hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. I'd like to introduce you to our family life pastor and today's host, Carrie Jones. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's a Southridge member podcast. And today I'm super happy to introduce all of you to a friend of mine. Her name is Alyssa Esperez. And Alyssa is a communicator and an advocate. She brings her passion for youth, for justice, for Jesus to her role as the content and public relations manager at Compassion Canada. Alyssa is also a recent graduate of the University of Toronto, and there she studied international development. And some of her favorite things in the world are Raptors basketball, going on airplanes, and eating way too much ice cream. Alyssa, it's so, so good to have you on the Southridge podcast. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Sorry, say that again. I just thought I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Carrie. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, there's so many things we're going to get into in this conversation, but just to begin, you know, it struck me when you share with me some of your favorite things, you know, the one about going on airplanes, um, you know, was that something you really missed during the past two years? Have you been on an airplane since things have begun to lift around here? Yeah, absolutely. I know I've totally missed it. Um, I have been on one airplane in the past two years. It was a quick trip to British Columbia last fall and like squeaked it in like right before kind of the in between waves kind of things which I feel like is the like narrative of the world right now is like what can you squeak in between COVID waves (laughs) so did that once and honestly it was like such a wild experience but I definitely do miss like um getting to travel and I though right before the pandemic in 2019 I actually got to go and visit my compassion sponsored child in Tanzania and it had been something that I was like dreaming of doing for years and years and now like looking back on it I'm so glad that I like you know Mm. did did the thing in 2019 because if not I would have been waiting a lot more oh totally oh that's so interesting well, we're going to get talking about sponsored children and Compassion Canada and all the things. But before we do, I wanted to set a bit of context um, for those listening and even share a little bit about how you and I met. Yeah. And um, I can't remember. I think it was through Allison Alley, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I mean, we've had Alyssa come and speak to our brave girls a few times. Um, we definitely have the the connection of Alice and Allie. I know Alyssa, I saw you a few years back with a bunch of Southridge, um, women as we were at the Women's Speakers Collective with Danielle Strickland in Toronto. And then I saw you just a few weeks ago at the Unite conference that Jesus Collective put on. So it's, it's mm-hmm. fun to, um, keep bumping into you through our mutual connections. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, our community knows that just this past, uh, just in this past year, we have actually transitioned our kids' curriculum to the one-story curriculum um, that the Jesus Collective organization has put together. And Alyssa, you're a regular teacher um, to our our kids and youth on Sunday mornings, which is uh, a really cool to have that familiar face. So, yeah. It's super fun. Like it's, it's one of my favorite things being part of the one story curriculum. Cause I get to, yeah, just be connected to so many people and I get to 
share about Jesus uh, to kids and youth, like through this curriculum, which is one of my favorite things. So it's so awesome. How, how long, to be honest, I didn't know until we switched that you were a part of that. And so we were like, oh my goodness, there's our girl, Alyssa. Um, how long have you been a, a part of that? Yeah, like quite a few years since kind of the very, almost the very beginnings of like when, even before it was like called One Story and all of that, like um, just being a part of the Meeting House Church, obviously. And so it was probably like five, maybe even six years ago now that um, our curriculum team like called me and they were like, hey, we've got this idea. Do you want to be a part of it? I was like, I have no idea like what this is or what it's about. But um, as some like it's kind, it's kind of a theme in my life that I'm just like, okay, yeah, like I, someone asked me to do a thing. Like I'm going to see what it's all about and try it out. And it ends up being like so much fun. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like it's it's always awesome when you get to be part of Jesus-y things with really cool people and talented people. And so, um, yeah, so I started doing that. Yeah, it would have been like five or six years ago now. And it's always just a fun, like w- what we end up doing is like, we have like a few scripts or like a few stories in a row that we do. Uh, in one day and we just kind of like bang them out in in quick succession in one day and so it's always like it's always a full day but a really fun day oh that's amazing that's so fun well um why don't you give for those um who don't know you who are listening um why don't you give us a bit of a snapshot into your world what's life like for you these days in may of 2022 yeah absolutely so I live just outside of Toronto and I, like you said in my bio, I currently work for Compassion Canada as our content and public relations manager. And, um, you know, prior to that, I've been working at Compassion for, it's six years this this month, actually, just a couple of weeks ago. It was my wow. sixth year anniversary at Compassion. Um, and that's because I started like as an intern when I was in university and, um, thought it would just be a summer internship but here I am still six years later so I'm really thankful for that uh so I get to do that that's a lot of my day today I live um with my family I have uh, two parents and a younger but taller brother I like to say (laughs) and you know after two years of uh the pandemic I'm happy to report that we still um, of course, we love each other, but we also still like each other, which is, a, I feel like a really big accomplishment having been um, often the only people that we've been able to see as each other. So sure. that's, um, yeah, I'm really thankful to be really close to my family and really love them a lot. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what my life currently looks like. I've, um, I feel like something I share about myself that gives like a little insight into who I am is like, I have lived in the same house and same, well, obviously then same city, same place, like for my whole life, I've never moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's fun. So yeah, I was born and raised just outside of Toronto, um, which has been like such a cool experience. I feel like getting to, I'm, I'm Chinese, Filipino, Canadian. And so getting to just grow up in a really like multicultural environment being near Toronto was really important to me and has continued to be important to me 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's a little snapshot into who I am in my life. That's great. I love that. You also mentioned earlier when we were talking that all of you, your parents, your brother, you're all still working from home. Yes. <laughs> so you're continuing to not just love each other, but like each other. And you're right. That's, that's a big deal. That's, that's yeah. very cool. That's, that's very cool. Um, you know, one of the questions I love to throw out on the podcast is what's bringing you joy in this season, in this season of spring? Yeah, well, I am a big NBA fan. I'm a big Raptors fan, but not like just a I so like I'm a Leafs fan, which that is not bringing me joy this season. <laughs> I, I can say that. But I'm a Leafs fan, but I'm not really like a hockey fan or an NHL fan. Like I'm more of a Leafs fan for the nostalgia, but when I say I'm a Raptors fan, I'm also like an NBA fan. Like I love basketball. So even though the Raptors are out of the playoffs, unfortunately, which is sad, and still very much following like the rest of the NBA playoffs. So that brings a lot of joy to me and my whole family. Actually, we're all big basketball fans. And then like the sunshine, which this past week has just like, I feel like all of Southern Ontario has experienced just an explosion of like great weather and it's like warm and sunny. And so yeah, I love bringing my laptop like out to our backyard and working from there during the day and just getting some extra sunshine. So that has definitely brought me some joy, even just from the last few days. Oh, I totally echo that on the, on the weather. I was away for a few days um, at a retreat up North. And when I came back, I felt like we had shifted into summer and yeah. you know, so many plants in my garden had come into bloom and, you know, here in Niagara, the, the blossoms were, were happening. And I was like, wow, this has just all happened so fast. And I'm, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's cool. And uh, before we dive into your background, your work at Compassion, tell us, are there any books that you're listening to, any podcasts that you're loving these days, just to give us a bit of a, a glimpse into wor- your world and, and the kind of things that you care about? Yeah, I, so I like me to confess that I am like not really a podcast person, which is so funny because like, well, I'm currently on a podcast and like, I often will like go on people's podcasts and then be like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't really listen to podcasts. <laughs> I can talk about books though. Um, Amazing. in the past year, a book that I loved, it's called Abuelita Faith by Kat Armas. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, no. um, just loved it. And even on these themes of like, finding our way like in faith and is Jesus followers. And for me as a young woman of color, um, I just loved that book. It was really, really powerful, really well-written. I resonated with so much of it. So Mm. highly recommend that on the kind of like nonfiction faith side. On the fiction side, I'm really enjoying um, some kind of like YA mystery novels by a writer named June Her. H-U-R. And uh, she's actually a friend, but uh, I don't just like her books because she's a friend because like, she's like a superstar. Like she's so cool. She's like winning awards for these books. And they're basically set in like historical Korea and um, are like these intriguing mysteries. And so I am like recommending these books to everyone because they bring me back to like being a teenager and like staying up way too late, like Mm -hmm. reading till the end because I just need to know like who did it. So highly recommend those all ages, but especially like if you're 
a teen or a young adult, like highly recommend. Oh, that's amazing. I love that feeling when you like, you don't mind staying up late because you don't want to put the book down or you can't wait to crawl into bed at the end of the day because you want to dive into your book. So absolutely. It sounds like that kind of a book. That's cool. Um, that's amazing. Well, you shared a bit about where you grew up and your family. Talk to us about um, what you studied at school and, mm-hmm. and specifically how that has shaped you and the work that you do now at Compassion. Yeah, so I studied international development at the University of Toronto. And I remember when I heard about the program, I was probably halfway through high school. And I just was like, this is for me, like, I absolutely want to study this. I, um, you know, something I should have mentioned earlier is like, I work for Compassion now, but it was a part of my life, like long before it was my job. Um, you know, back in middle school and high school, when I first learned about compassion, and we started sponsoring kids. And so that was a part of my life. And just in general, like, I was always very drawn to compassion and justice initiatives and, um, you know, global issues, things like that. And so I heard about this program um, halfway through high school. And again, was like, immediately like, this is what I want to study. It's all about all these things I love, compassion and justice. Um, global poverty, global development, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think when I went into the program, you know, I had this very like chipper, um, optimistic outlook on it. Like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to save the world. You know what I mean? And then studying it really kind of like shaped me and grounded me in the sense of like, it's, it really is not all like sparkles and butterflies, you know what I mean? Like it, our, our world is broken. And I think I knew that, um, but really kind of making this my field of study um, helped me understand just all the different issues that are, are facing us around the world. And also the histories that we need to be really aware of when we talk about poverty alleviation or international development specifically around things like colonization or even things that just a lot simpler of like you think you're doing a good thing or helping but um you know this idea of like when helping hurts which is I feel like we've all read that book if we are um Mm -hmm. in the poverty alleviation space is like sometimes you can have the best of intentions but end up doing Um, more harm if you're not careful just because of the ways that you might come in thinking like oh I know what's best or you know like like I was have that idea of like I'm gonna save the world and it's like our best intentions aren't all don't always result in like the best impact or results and so um I I talk about this a lot like studying international development there was a moment where I was like, am I becoming cynical? Like, do I not believe that we can do good things in the world anymore? Because there's just mm. so much bad. Um, but I think like coming full circle, coming to the end of it, really like holding that imbalance, being like, we need to be very aware of like the pitfalls and all the brokenness and bad things that are happening in the world. But on the flip side, really like holding on to that hope, especially for me as a Christian and as a Jesus follower, holding on to the hope that like, we do have hope. We have hope in Jesus. We have hope in just like who we are called to be as Jesus followers. And, Mm -hmm. um, both of those things can be true. 
And of course, that's a hard tension to hold on any given day. And especially over the past two years that have seemed so fraught, I feel like I'm fighting every day to hold that tension well. Um, but it is something that's really important to me. I love that. I love the the both and. It's not either or. Um, and I love that e- even amidst the the starkness of that reality that you have that that Jesus hope. That's that's really really beautiful. Well, let's back up a little bit. Um, I would love it. I mean, I know I've heard this story, but I would love it if you could share with those listening how it was that you came to sponsor your very first child through compassion and, and really how that then altered and, and informed the, the journey of your life moving forward. Yeah. So I first heard about compassion in middle school I was, or like junior high. I read about compassion in a magazine, like a Christian magazine. And at the time, I just thought like, this sounds like a really cool thing to be able to do. And like I said, as a, a teenager or a preteen, like I was very interested in global issues and solving global poverty and things like that. And so immediately I was like drawn to this idea of sponsoring a child. And so I went to my parents and I said, you know, I just want one thing for Christmas is a little sibling through compassion. That's what I said. Wow. And yeah. And so... At that time, um, they, yeah, they did it. And, you know, I think at the time my parents were kind of like, this is cute. Like this, she wants to do this thing. It'll be like a few months, a year and like, she'll forget about it and we'll cancel it. And like, that's that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but obviously that's, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, we ended up sponsoring a child in Philippines, which is where my family is from. And then had the opportunity to visit when we, um, yeah, we were going back home to visit family and then also, but very intentionally, like planned this trip to visit um, the child that we sponsored and learn a little bit more about this organization and also just like how we can be responding to global poverty Mm. and really came home from that trip completely changed and transformed in yeah just like wanting to do more wanting to get more involved for me um you know just really shifted my perspective we went on that trip um right like right as I was starting high school and so I think for me it really shifted my perspective going into high school and thinking about just having that global perspective and the and how that kind of shifts your priorities like of course, I I still absolutely got caught up in the day to day of like grades and friends and like, what is my Starbucks order? Like those kinds of things. For of sure. course, we all are um, in that world, um, living, you know, in North America, living in Canada. Um, but also, I think my perspective was so informed by the trip that I took like very early on. And just understanding like people around the world don't live like this. And there are children around the world who just don't have the same opportunities that I do. Um, and yeah, so that's how I initially got involved with Compassion. Halfway through high school, I ended up sponsoring a child like on my own, not with my parents' help, with like mm-hmm. um, Christmas money and birthday money and just like pulling it all together. Um, and I that 
that child that I sponsored halfway through high school is actually the girl I got to visit in Tanzania right before the pandemic, like I had mentioned. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had been wanting to visit her since, you know, back when I was in high school, when I first sponsored her. And so, like I had said, it's like, it's something I'd been wanting to do for a long time. I'm so glad I did it then. Um, And yeah, and obviously, as the story goes on, I ended up getting more and more involved with Compassion to the point where I did an internship um, in my first year of university. And I'm still here to this day. And and talk about that, because I remember, did you reach out to Allison? How did that work? Um, Was it something you applied for? Yeah. So I had, while I was in high school, one of the things that, um, as I was getting more involved with Compassion that we did is like, uh, Compassion put together a youth series, a youth curriculum called True Story. And so I was a part of that. And Allison was the person Uh, leading that project internally at Compassion. And so that was about in my last year of high school that I worked with Compassion on that project just as a volunteer. And uh, then, you know, coming out of my first year of university, I'm like studying international development, studying poverty alleviation. And I'm thinking like, I really want to kind of get more like formal experience in this world. And so reached out to Allison uh, at that time and was like, hey, are you looking for a summer intern? would love to, you know, get, get involved in that space. And so, um, yeah, that's where, that's where that came about. So Allison was my first boss at Compassion. She was your first boss. That's amazing. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, not even just my first boss at Compassion, my first boss, like period ever in wow. my life. And so, um, yeah, and definitely a hard one to top. I will say that, um, and, you know, all my, all my managers after that have known that I've kind of been like, it's a hard one to top, to top <laughs> Allison Alley. <laughs> what did you appreciate most about her as a supervisor? Oh, man, that's, I think just like her intentionality in, in everything, like whether it's like, and I, I'm sure you've experienced this with her, like, whether it's a question that she's asking you or a project that she's moving forward she just does it with such like intention. And in that moment, you're just like, okay, this is her full focus right now. Like she's a very busy woman, but um, what, when she's engaged in something, you just feel like, okay, like she's fully here. And I really appreciate that. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Okay. So now as of this past September, you have a new role at Compassion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, talk to us about about the new role, um, what it consists of, even kind of how your roles have evolved over the years, and what you love most about what you're currently doing at Compassion. Yeah, so I've always been in the space of like communicating about what Compassion does and, you know, poverty alleviation more generally and talking to Christians and Jesus followers about really how we're called to serve and love the poor and the most vulnerable in our world. So that's always been a theme throughout all the roles that I've had at Compassion. And so my role right now, like I said, is content and public relations manager. And so I get to lead a team of people that really steward, how I describe it is like really stewarding Compassion's story and um, the stories that come to us from our sponsors, from kids and our partners in the 27 countries where we work, um, you know, all of those things 
um, and really like bringing those things together and telling the story of compassion as an organization in order to encourage people, to inspire people, to educate people, um, and ultimately, hopefully to motivate people and invite them into this mission of releasing children from poverty in Jesus name. Um, and so that is my role currently. Like I said, I, um, well, I've been part of this team for probably near to like five, four or five years now, but, um, now in my new role starting in September, I get to be a part of leading it. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love most, I mean, the two things, which I feel like is a good thing that I love these two things the most, because they're like the two biggest things a part of my role. But the first one is just like story. I love story. I think it's like such a powerful tool in our world is to tell stories well and um yeah just invite people into that empathy into compassion into seeing you know like I I was saying that that trip to the Philippines did for me just like expanding people's perspective and worldview story is such a powerful way to do that and then the other thing is just people the people that I work with um the team that I get to be a part of leading it's like I uh, really love those people and it's just a real joy and privilege to get to work with people who you know share your love for Jesus share a commitment to this like really important mission that we're all so passionate about mm. um that's such a gift and not something that you know everyone can say about their job and so I really love that oh that's amazing I mean it's been neat to kind of watch you and follow you a bit from a distance um, and, and to see you grow as a leader, to see you grow in your in your storytelling, in how you write and how you communicate, and to see you grow in your Jesus followership um, is just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold. So I love that you shared all of that. I mean, I guess I'd also um, love to hear what would you want to say to the church? Um, I guess in this context, especially here at Southwich, what, what would you want to say to us about justice and compassion and how we can make compassion more a part of our like everyday ordinary lives? That's a big one. There's so much, I think. I think what I would say is just like how, and I know, you know, I think you guys as a church like embody this so well and it's such a beautiful part of your identity as a church of just really seeing compassion and justice as integral to being a Jesus follower that it's it's the way that it's lived out right like it's not just like following Jesus isn't just something that's like all right like you know go to church on Sunday and like you know I have that box checked off kind of thing um, but it very much is like a transformational experience that we get to mm. experience personally, but then also in the world around us. And that, um, like I was saying earlier, has been such a hope for me, even in the past couple of years, like looking at the world around us as we have navigated the pandemic and deepening global poverty rates, which we've been talking a lot about at Compassion and, um, you know, conversations about racial justice like all of these things Mm -hmm. it it can feel so overwhelming but when 
for me, when I look at it through the lens of like Jesus invites us to seek justice in the world around us, and not only does he invite us, but then he equips us um, is, is a real hope that I have. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus, we look and see like, and like Jesus has already accomplished it. And again, it's that tension of like, it's, it's already finished. Like Jesus has redeemed and reconciled everything in the world around us. And he is redeeming and reconciling everything in the world around us and invites us to be a part of that. Mm. And so, yeah, I think it is like, it's one of those things that's like being involved in compassion and justice is both the thing that perhaps um, discourages me the most, if I can use that word, or like it's being involved in this kind of space and in this work is the thing that threatens to like steal my hope on any given day. But then at the same time is the exact thing that also just gives me so much hope because of the story that I get to be a part of. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, Would you want to say anything specific to any youth? Um, I don't know if we have kids listening, but definitely to any, um, any students that might be listening as, as you think about both the state of the world and the opportunities that we have to um, really embody and, and advocate for compassion and justice. I would say to pay attention to the things that, you know, really make you, you know, just the things that make you lean in the things that, even I would say make you angry. And because that was my experience, you know, like as a teenager, as a youth, like hearing about global poverty and really just kind of paying attention to that extra sense of just urgency that I felt that, that sense that I wanted to lean into that, to learn more about it, that I was like, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe that God puts those things on our hearts for a reason. And he, you know, those things don't come up in our lives by accident. Yeah. And even, you know, earlier when I was talking about like the one story curriculum and just being like, I just said yes to it because it was like put in front of me and like beautiful things have come out of that. That's Mm -hmm. been such a theme in my life and would just, yeah, encourage um, youth to, really have that posture because I I truly believe like God puts things in our lives not by accident opportunities issues um you know something you read about on online or you see on the news it's like that thing that's going to make you go like oh what like that that made me like feel something that made me that like convicted me towards something really pay attention to those things Um, and you know, we can't all do everything. There are so many things going on in the world. There are so many, um, yeah, just issues that we could be paying attention to that it can often feel overwhelming. And so I often say like, we can't all do everything, but we can all do something. And in fact, we're all called to do something. And, um, you know, I believe that that something will become really clear when we start paying attention to what God's laying on our hearts. Oh, that's good. Well, like from a super practical perspective, um, you know, for those of us who have sponsored children through compassion, yeah. why does it matter so much? And what can we do to really take that to the next level? 
firstly, I would just say like, thank you so much to, cause I know like so many people in, uh, that are a part of Southridge sponsor kids and you guys have just been such a big part of a big partner of compassion. And like, we've just been a part of each other's stories in such significant ways. And we're really thankful for that at compassion. Um, and it just, it matters. You know, I said earlier, like global poverty rates are on the rise because of the pandemic. And so more than ever, it matters so much because I would say even just through this pandemic, we've seen the power of just the consistency of sponsorship that it's not um, just like a, you're popping in to provide aid, but it really is this like long term sustained um, response to poverty. Um, that isn't one-off, that isn't doing more harm than help because it is rooted in local communities. It's t like long-term committed. And so it's not just something that's like fly by the seat of your pants, but really enables our local church partners to respond to crises like the pandemic in mm -hmm. meaningful and intentional ways. So, you know, more than ever, I would say it's so important. Um, and and we, but long term, you know, we're also seeing that increasingly in the stories of um, our alumni, like the alumni of Compassion's programs, and just them saying like, "This mattered to me. It changed my life. Like, I, it was just this like undeniable source of support that unleashed me into a future free from poverty. Like, my children won't be sponsored. My children won't." live in poverty because I was sponsored um and so just really encourage um anyone who's sponsoring a child that like it does matter it makes a difference that that slow long-term investment into the life of a child mm. um that really matters like that's what we're talking about what I was studying in school that was like discouraging me being like does anything work it's like it does work when you make that intentional long-term sustained choice and investment and so um that's that would be my encouragement and yeah I would just also say like continue to our our hope is not just that it makes a difference in the life of a child but that it makes a difference in the life of the sponsor yeah. as well and um, and that you know by having this connection to this child that you sponsor whether it's you know their picture somewhere in your home the letters that you write the prayers that you pray and yeah. the visits that you do if you ever get a chance to do that 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 really is shaping your perspective widening your perspective and really giving you a global perspective on the world because um i believe that that's the perspective jesus wants us to have that he um is all about like not just our like individual little bubbles, but all of us really taking a step back and seeing seeing the world through his eyes. Alyssa, that's so beautiful. I've just loved having this conversation with you today. It's been an absolute gift. Um, I mean, I love the the example that you are to so many young girls of what it looks like to be a woman in leadership, a woman in ministry, a woman who has just a, a voice for justice and compassion and the ways that you're using that in a really Jesus-centered way is, is really quite breathtaking to behold. And um, really for the ways that in this conversation today, you have encouraged all of us to consider what it might look like to 
pursue more of a life of justice and compassion through Compassion International, through Compassion Canada, and really in the way that we live our everyday ordinary lives with that global perspective, with that walking in the ways of Jesus. So, um, I mean, we could take another hour easily and talk, but for the sake of time, I will wrap up. It's been so meaningful to hear from you and your heart is just beautiful. Um, I know our church will massively be enriched um, through this conversation. For anyone who wants to to follow you and see what you're up and about, up, up and about doing, where can they reach you on, on Twitter and on Instagram? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way would just be, I have a website that links to all my social media. So it's alyssafperez.ca. Okay, amazing. Well, thanks again, Alyssa, and take care, everyone. We will see you next time as we continue to find our way together. 